0: Designed by Wingnut Social is brought to you by Wingnut Social, the leading interior design and home pro digital marketing agency. We know it works, so you don't have to. Learn more at wingnutsocial.com. Hey, Darla here, and I have a question for you. What would it mean to your
1: bottom line for your interior design firm if you could sign just one client from your Instagram marketing efforts? Is it 5,000, 10,000, 15,000, 20,000 and up? Well, if you're a principal of your interior design firm and you're overwhelmed with your Instagram marketing, you have no idea how to do, what to do, when to post, what to post, what hashtags to use, how to use ads, that the whole gamut, it's incredibly overwhelming. Then I want to introduce you to Instagram for interior designers. It's Wingnut Social's very first online on-demand course with over seven modules, 61 lessons that's going to answer all of those questions for you and help you to put together a very actionable marketing strategy for your interior design firm, tailored to you with workbooks and exercises and just, just everything you could possibly need there. To find out more information on Instagram for interior designers, head on over to wingnutsocial.com, check out Wingnut Academy, or you can go to wingnutsocial.com slash Instagram for interior designers.
2: Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your design business? Then welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social. Helping home professionals accelerate their success with proven industry practices and expert advice.
1: Hey guys, and welcome to Designed by Wingnut Social. I'm your host, the interior decorator with the mostest... (laughs) The Grand High Poobah of all things here at Wingnut Social, Darla, Jethro Powell. And today we're talking about making the whole interior design process for a client a joyful experience. And listen, we've all been there. We've all had those projects where the clients were less than joyful (laughs) or a little stressed out because we're tearing up their house. There's dust. They're worried. They spent a lot of money. Have they made the right decision? And today's guest, Katie McCaffrey, is going to walk us through how she does it for her interior design firm. And uh, I think... I think you're going to find it very interesting. And also, um, you're going to hear how Katie is going to be a potential guest on our paranormal podcast and talk about haunted furniture. <laughs> so, so, you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about Katie before we get into my conversation with her. So, With over two decades of experience in interior design, Katie leads McCaffrey Design Group with a warm-hearted approach and a curatorial eye. Her guiding vision is to design bespoke spaces that truly reflect each client's individuality and create homes which function beautifully for her clients' lives. She's also a fellow animal lover. So, I mean, what's not to love? Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Katie McCaffrey to the show. Hey there, Katie McCaffrey. Welcome to the show. How the hell are you
2: i 'm great, Darla. Thank you so much for having me
1: <laughs> it 's my pleasure. I love having interior designers on the show, of course, as you know, if you listen to the show that 's what we do. We get different perspectives from interior design professionals throughout the industry and today i i'm really excited I am really excited to talk about this topic i 'm making a joyful experience for your clients because as we as you know, <laughs> interior decorators, interior designers, not it's not always a joyful experience for the clients. So we're I'm so excited to dig into that. But before we we dive into our conversation, just to tell the audience a little bit more about yourself. And oh, in in the green room, we were talking about this isn't your first career. You kind of got into interior design um a, a very secure circuitous. Say that ten times, well, as did I. I used to be a cop. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, tell us a little bit about that when you tell us about yourself.
2: I love that you used to be a cop. I think that's completely badass, and um, <laughs> it just, I, it's, it's, <laughs> it's great. <not. laughs> well, it's you know, it's very interesting and how you know everybody lands in in their career, and um, I, I enjoy hearing other stories of other people who've had circuitous routes to to where they've landed in. In interior design, um, because there's so many contributing factors to what makes, you know, what gives you your talents, what your your expertise, what you bring to the table, and how you accumulate your tools along the way. And it's not always the most direct route. Sometimes you can really um, gather some amazing design tools through unexpected means. So um, I love hearing those stories. And and I like sharing mine too. So
1: absolutely. Thank you so much for that. So let's let's talk about how, how first of all, how long have you been an interior designer?
2: I think I've lost count. (laughs) Um, it's probably (laughs) about 25 years. Um, I've been in the industry. So about 20 years in interior design and about five, uh, bonus years of, um, kind of working my way up through, um, uh, through, uh, furniture design. I worked for an antique, uh, an antique restorer in San Francisco for oh, many yes. years and um, also worked in their custom and antique reproduction department too. So they had a line of furnishings repped at the design center um, at Randolph and Hine, which is a, an old name. Sadly, they're no longer uh, with us. So we had a line of furniture and uh, we, we did custom furniture for all of the local San Francisco Bay Area um, interior designers. So I managed that department for, for several years. I've also spent time working in the showrooms at the design center. So um, I learned a lot along the way, sort of behind the scenes and um, really valuable experiences.
1: That's awesome. Okay. So before we get into the joyful <laughs> experience here, the journey, I have to ask you, how much does your experience or your knowledge in the antique um whatever the word is, is I'm looking for in antiques, uh, inform your design decisions. Do you find you're using a lot of antiques in your designs?
2: I, you know, I always try to pepper some in, you know, I, I listen to my clients if they're, if they're modernists, you know, that's, that's totally fine. Of course, there's a lot of wonderful, like mid century modern pieces out there. Um, but yeah, I'm really trying to get people to, um, understand, especially get my clients to understand the, the value of, of bringing antiques into the home. Um, they add such character, such stories, um, and a wonderful, patina to things um no matter you know whether they're mid-century or or going way back you know going to louis 16th they just add a little something so i find that even if the house is a modern house having a little bit of of character patina age and story is a wonderful thing to bring in
1: I love that so much. And you're seeing more and more interior design clients who are really valuing that expertise and bringing that in, whether it's bringing in or curating pieces or integrating their existing heirlooms or pieces. I, I love that a lot. <laughs> I promise we're going to get into the joyful experience part, but this I'm going on a little tangent. Are you, are you marketing with that as your, as your differentiator and being an expert in that niche?
2: You know, to be honest, no, I, I'm not, but I do, I do like to, it is a, sort of a part of our style is, is yeah. throwing it in. Um, it's just a matter of like having, having a collective um feel to to the interiors. But again, I, I I like to base it on what the client's comfort level is with, with antiques. Some some are not actually culturally um, I, I'm finding that some clients do not like having antiques. There's sort of a bad mojo in there. But whenever we can we <laughs> Are we, they afraid they're haunted? <laughs> yeah, or they, it's yeah there's some sort of um interesting uh Feeling about um, the the piece of furniture carrying with it uh, sort of mojo or
0: spirituality really? of
2: of its predecessors or of its previous owners. So for some wow. people, culturally, they they. They don't want anything to do with it, <laughs> so wow, I always try to respect. Interesting, that. yeah, it's it's a super interesting thing, and um, I'd love to delve in and learn a little bit more about that, so I can respect that in clients <laughs> with the with the future. But but yeah, you know, it's always been a little bit of a trademark of ours. Um, I haven't marketed specifically with with that basis in mind, um, but uh, and also there was kind of a period of time there where people weren't. Very interested in antiques but it's coming back it's I'm yeah. finding that it's coming back and it makes me super happy
1: we have the the millennials right there's this whole grand millennial um Aesthetic, mm-hmm. right? With the millennials are very appreciative of their with their grandparents' pieces and furniture and and throwback and retro stuff. So I just thought that was very. It's very interesting about the, the mojo part. And my, my fiance and I are are kicking around doing a paranormal podcast. So when Ooh. we start doing that, we'll, I love we'll have it. Have you back and we'll talk Sign about bad <laughs> bad mojo for. Yeah, she's obsessed. She's obsessed. Okay. The,
2: the bad mojo dresser. <laughs> Beware! Don't put it. It's in your like Beauty and the
1: Beast gone bad. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let, let's talk about your, um, I'm, I'm assuming you have uh, as systems and processes in place to really um, specifically make sure that your clients have a quote unquote joyful experience when you're doing, designing their interior. So aside from creating a beautiful room, which clients are going to be happy with, a beautiful space, all clients... When they see it finally are are overjoyed, you know with their spaces i'm sure, so tell us a little bit about ways that you you make the you, the interior design process joyful because I mean we all know it can be a little stressful sometimes and a little overwhelming so so talk us through that
2: absolutely it can be it's a long journey i mean for a lot of these projects, especially if it's a new home being built, um the clients have so many decisions they have to make um via you know construction you know first starting with the architects then with the construction um and and then you know eventually with the interior design and furnishings but the interior design you know when usually when we get involved is is pr- even prior to the construction and in, in a perfect world um where we can start focusing on um you know reflected ceiling plans plumbing locations lighting uh locations all that good stuff. Um, so it's our goal to make the experience as stress free and as easy for the clients as possible. So, really holding their hands, being almost like trail guides for them, you know, taking their hand, leading them down the path. It's a long journey. They're going to be faced with a lot of decisions. Um, depending on who they are, they might be feeling very unsure or a little anxious about these decisions? Am I making the right decision? Um, So it's, it's our goal to really help them through that and make it fun for them by making it fun for them, it usually involves making it easy for them. You know, we don't want it to be too complex. We want it to be, you know, you can choose um, between A, B, and C. Here's why, what our opinion is and what we think would be the most successful. But we also... Really want to listen to the client. Um, take you know, keep a finger on the pulse of of where they're at mentally. Um, are they are they feeling calm? Are they feeling relaxed? Or are they unsure about something? Is something causing them stress? Or are they just too busy to to deal with these types of decisions? How can we feed them to them in the easiest, most efficient way possible? So that's one way that um, our clients really enjoy how we deliver uh, the design process bring it to the table, make it very easy, make it fun um, and make it fluid. So, so give
1: us some examples. Like say you have a client and they are a little bit, oh my gosh, did I do the right thing? This is a, you know, quite a big budget expense. And they're a little, little apprehensive, a little bit nervous. Give us like an example of some things that you do to make it fun or to, to, I, the, I love the here, one, two, three, pick a choice. Here's okay. why So not to overwhelm them. But what are some other examples?
2: We do do that. And we, we've been really enjoying doing digital presentation boards. I mean, I come from the, the era of, uh, back in the day when we actually used foam core boards and, you know, <laughs> stayed up all night with the glue gun and Velcro. And, <laughs> but nowadays, you know, the ability to do a, a digital presentation board and send it to the client, you know, we have some clients that, that live in Dubai part of the time. So oh, to wow. get a project moving fluidly and making it easy for the clients, we'll create some digital presentation boards and have them in their inbox for them to check over the weekend or whenever they have time, um, giving them simple choices, A, B, and C. Um, that really helps a client who's who's on the go. If they're unsure, um, sometimes we need to make it a little more personal. Um, maybe they want to go shopping at the design center with us. So we'll we'll take their hand. It's it's really tailored to who the client is. Mm-hmm. Another way that we also make it Easy for our clients and joyful is we pay, try to pay attention to budget as much as possible and get right on it as quickly as possible. So, the moment we have our hands on the floor plans or the files from the architect, we jump in, we create a floor plan, and then we create a budget. Uh, we like to get that out of the way as soon as possible so that the client doesn't feel like there are any surprises along the way. Um, mm. If we can decide, and agree upon um, a certain budget amount and uh, allow um, the client to to feel comfortable with what that sofa is gonna cost or what each room is going to cost, we can source and shop with that, that budget in mind. And that too provides a client with a real uh, peace of mind and ease going forward. There's not, not gonna be any surprises there
1: let 's talk about that a little bit because that 's one of the things that we struggle with the most in this industry is actually extracting a budget from a client they they're um, maybe not with the level of clients you you deal with mm-hmm. if you're you have clients in Dubai, but actually getting them to say, yeah I, I, this kitchen is thirty thousand or this kitchen's a hundred thousand of really saying what their budget is for two reasons I think is one is they're afraid that if you if you have in mind a thirty thousand dollar kitchen and they say fifty, we're going to make it a fifty, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I'm throwing just easy numbers out, easy math out there. That, you know, there's no such thing as the thirty thousand yeah. dollar kitchen. <laughs> I don't think wish? anymore. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm I working wish. on
2: my kitchen right now. I wish.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I wish too. Same. And um, another one is they're just they just don't know. They just don't know what they know. So how how are we extracting budgets from them and still keeping it joyful and comfortable? <laughs> that's a tricky one
2: it is tricky and what we what we usually do is we create um a a high and a low and sometimes Mm -hmm. a high Mm. a low and an in between and we say you know here the high is is your ferrari you know um the middle is your you know your say range rover or or (laughs) You know, I I'm not good with cars, so I'm not and then and then the low might be, you know, your your Yugos. You <laughs> no, but but um we we don't deliver Yugos. But um <laughs> I remember <but>, Yugos. <laughs> right. Some of the millennials might not get that reference, but um yeah, no. So we do it basically a high, medium and low. So, so the low would be, say, you know, really going with, with budget, like retail items, um, mm-hmm. yeah. anywhere from a pottery barn to maybe popping in that occasional like Wayfair or Ikea piece. You know, we, do, we don't, we'll work with clients with any budget.
1: Okay. I was just going to ask you that. Yeah. That's not the Dubai client.
2: Yeah. No, uh, you know, I, I feel like, you know, interior design, um, Some it's it's a strain for some people to be able to afford our services. So mm-hmm. if, if maybe they're young, they're just starting out, but they really want their place to look amazing um, and they want to hire a designer, but they don't have that budget to go custom on everything, we'll work with them. We'll make it happen. Um, you can make a place look absolutely amazing amazing, you know, being pretty thrifty, as long as you're creative and you know where to source things and how to put a room together, it's amazing what you can do on a tight budget. So so the way we make the, the budgets easy for a client who might not know exactly what they want to spend is we do a high, medium, and low and tell them sure. sort of what those levels involve. And the high would be the ultimate custom bespoke pieces from the design center and medium would be a little bit of it like retail um, mixed with, with bespoke. And then, and then the low would be all retail and, and you know some real creative problem solving.
0: Are you an interior designer looking to expand your reach and attract more clients? Well, we've got just the solution for you. Wingnut Social is the leading social media marketing agency designed exclusively for interior designers. Picture this, your stunning designs showcased to a vast online audience, generating buzz and capturing the attention of potential clients. With Wingnut Social, you can transform your social media presence into a powerful marketing tool. Wingnut Social understands the unique challenges faced by interior designers when it comes to social media marketing. That's why they've created a comprehensive strategy tailored specifically to your needs. With Wingnut Social, you'll have access to expertly crafted content strategies, custom-tailored for the interior design industry. Say goodbye to those days of staring blankly at your screen, wondering what to post next. Wingnut Social takes care of that for you, ensuring your posts are engaging, relevant, and captivating. But it doesn't stop there. Wingnut Social also provides in-depth analytics, allowing you to track the performance of your social media campaigns. Discover which posts are resonating with your audience, identify new trends, and make data-driven decisions to maximize your marketing efforts. And the best part? Wingnut Social offers personalized coaching and support. Our team of social media experts will guide you every step of the way, sharing insider tips and tricks to elevate your brand and increase your online visibility. So why wait? Take your interior design business to new heights with Wingnut Social. Visit wingnutsocial.com today to learn more. Wingnut Social, where stunning designs meet social media success.
1: So you're providing them that, those budget ranges and letting them choose to where they're more comfortable. I love that. That actually is pretty minded, um, pretty easy no brainer is what I'm thinking of, and it gives them that good, better, best, good, better, best. That's it, which is a tried and true business model for all. That. I love that. That that would that that would make me joyful.
2: Yeah, it, get, it gets the conversation started, and it lets mm-hmm. them know that like we're not going to pigeonhole them or force them into anything, and that. Too, I think, it gets people's shoulders to relax a little bit, brings the blood pressure down. You know, it's it's like we we really are here to help them achieve their goal and and work with them, and it's a it's a process. And I think that process starts with um, evaluating the 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 budget.
1: Here's here's a question I have for you. I don't know if you're familiar with Sandra Funk of House of Funk. Um, she has an interior design for an ten- firm in Tennessee, and um, she's a pretty well known. business coach. And she um, said something, This has been a couple years now that really resonated with me as far as from the since we're talking about budget and money, charging flat rates versus charging hourly. And her, her point of view was, if you charge a flat rate up front, you have that money discussion up front. And that's done. That's so they're not worried about getting invoices ongoing. Mm -hmm. And to her, in her mind, that made a more joyful experience for that. I'm just curious as to what your opinion is on that. And and are you doing something similar or how are you, as you keep invoicing and keeping it that fun?
2: (laughs) That is a real challenge uh, with, Mm -hmm. with our business. And no, we don't usually do fixed fees. We've tried Mm -hmm. it on a few occasions. Um, It hasn't really worked out the best for us business wise um, because it's hard to have that crystal ball of who, the client is that you're working with. Um, sometimes you, if you choose a flat fee, you might get one of those clients that's really indecisive and really takes up a ton of your bandwidth. And and other times you might get that super efficient client where things just chug right along. Yeah. So we've found that, that that's just been a very hard thing for, for us to predict. And, and it's put us in places where we've felt very comfortable. And I'm speaking mostly from the the design firm, um, that I was with prior to starting my own. That's when we kind of experimented with that. Um, it was a larger firm, um, and, and pretty well established. So I, I wouldn't necessarily rule it out for my firm, but because of the experiences that we had back then, Mm. I, I feel like, "Mm, you know what, we're, we're sticking to our, our business model. It was Developed for us by uh, a Harvard uh, business grad, and we feel like it's tried and true and worked for us. So, um, you know, under special circumstances, we might do a flat rate, but generally speaking, it just doesn't work for us.
1: Yeah. And I think that is the biggest challenge to that. Right. And I mean, clients love it. But to your point, if you have a they do, if you mm-hmm. have a client that is like wishy-washy. So we did a hybrid at Darla Palantir's mm-hmm. when I did mine is I had a flat rate, but anything outside of so many revisions or so many we charged hourly. Mm-hmm. So that kind of helped with that. But, mm-hmm. um yeah, I, I get you. It is, it is a tricky thing to to learn and to learn how to do that out it, and to keep the client not even to learn so much, but to keep the client. <laughs> on track, <laughs> so it's profitable. It's tricky, yeah.
2: and it really is something. You know, I know that that would be something that that clients would love. It's like mm-hmm. this is what it's going to cost. Um, yeah, that is a challenge in in our business and with with our particular business model. But we we just feel like no, it's just not a, a direction yeah. that that works well for us. We have started over the years. We um, created sort of a matrix, keeping track of projects that we've done in the past, what their square footage is, what, what, how much they spent on furniture overall and how much they spent on time billing overall. And we keep a list of those projects and, um, ongoing, you know, we, every, at the end of every project, we kind of evaluate, um, you know, how many hours were spent, uh, what the time billing ended up being overall for the client, what the furniture total, uh, was for them as well. And By developing that chart, we might be able to move more into that fixed fee just based on square footage and referring to this matrix that we created. Yeah. It's been very helpful before in providing budget quotes for clients before they sign on. They might want to know like, well, how much would you estimate a project like this would cost? Um, And and they'd like to know that before signing on. So that's that's something that...
1: So that's that experience and that knowing how to price, that's super... Even if you're not charging a flat rate, just if you're close to your budget targets like you were mentioning before mm-hmm. and staying on budget with clients that experience and having that that in, that data in front of you definitely helps because Oh man, I can't tell you how many times, you know, there was a certain budget range and it went over. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) You know, because of the lack of experience on my part with my being a newer firm Mm -hmm. or, you know, that 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 is invaluable. I love that.
2: Yeah, You just don't know sometimes, you know, when something might happen within a project during the construction phase Mm -hmm. or or it's just hard to predict. So having bodies in the wall. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting back into the
1: paranormal podcast. It's a crime scene and now you can't do it. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, so it's, yeah, it's, it's very, it's a very helpful tool and, and I definitely recommend anybody, you know, take the time it's worth developing one of those, those, uh, matrices. It will help you, um, going forward. It, it takes some time to, to figure out, yeah. but, um, just a little due diligence and it's very, very <laughs> helpful for your business.
1: If you are considering doing flat rate, you might want to just get your feet wet and having like a lower tier service as a flat rate, like maybe a designer for a day or a particular room package kind of thing that might just to see if that works. Okay, but I digress. So um, Katie, so when we're talking about keeping the clients happy, you're talking about, you know, communication and reassuring and handholding. So there's a, there's a lot of touch points there, I'm imagining. How often are we communicating with the client? Are we keeping them updated on their... Their uh, projects, so they don't freak out and think you left the country.
2: You're right, <laughs> exactly. Not st- you know. We have the. I, I personally have the propensity to just put my head down and get to work, um, and and just really, really focus, focus, focus. But it's also extremely important to keep the clients updated as you go. So don't go too far down that rabbit hole of yeah. creativity or problem solving. The communication and the psychology behind interior design is something that people Often don't know about, and there's really a heavy-duty psychological component in dealing with clients. Their various personalities, their comfort levels, their insecurities. Um, yeah. Again, it's it's a journey. It takes time to get develop a beautiful home, and um, especially one that's that's customized and dialed into everything that the client needs to function day by day. So focusing on who the client is, getting to know them, getting to know what makes them tick, what makes them happy, what makes them nervous, how you can alleviate some of those those nerves or those anxiety moments. Um, And and I do find the one common thread with all of that is uh, steady communication. Even if you don't have the best news to deliver or say a vendor, you know, a lot of times with vendors being as busy as they are right now, they're not getting back to us quite as quickly as, as they used to. Um, so it takes a bit of prodding on our end. Um, but even if you can't get through to the vendor, maybe get the client the answer that you were hoping for, the price that you've been waiting on, letting the client know that you're just experiencing that. Uh, just a quick check-in, um, you know, I've made a few calls. We're, we're still trying, don't worry, we're still here, you know, prodding on, on your behalf um, <laughs> that, that gives them that sense of ease and they know what you're what you're up to and that you're, you're working diligently on their behalf. So I think that's very important.
1: Yeah, it's super important because we know in our heads, hey, we're still working on it. We do put our I did the same, put yeah. our heads down, and we're working on it. I don't understand why they can't be just telepathic and know that I'm working. On yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> so we incorporated every Friday, regardless of what was happening with the product. It's just a project email update. Yes, this is what's happening, even
2: if nothing happened. Yes, this
1: is what's not happening. This is what we're waiting on. This is what's going on. So just to make sure that they we were touching. Touching base with them.
2: Fridays are a great day to do that, I find, because you're you know you're at the week's close. Fridays are often a little bit quieter, so you have that 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 chance, that peace of mind, or you're sitting down in front of your computer and um, you give clients a little bit of, of good news to end the week, which I, I think is great. You know, just give them a little update and let them know things are chugging along. So you have a
1: team, right? Mm-hmm. You have a you have a staff of designers. How are we training them or teaching them to make sure that these clients are are getting all these touch points and experiencing joy because as as principals of our firms, it's easy for us to do it because it's ours, right? Mm-hmm. How are we imparting these values?
2: Well, I'm I'm super lucky and I'm very spoiled because I've got this <laughs> just amazing team of of talented ladies um, that I've been working with for for years. So we, um, many of us know each other from the previous design firm that, that we worked for. So we've been working together for over 10 years, some of us, maybe even 15 years. So we can pretty much finish each other's sentences when we're all in the same room. So it's, it's very easy, but, but again, you know, that, that communication being a small firm is really great. We're all in the same room together. We communicate regularly. Um, we do also do remote, uh, working from home every now and then, um, which we actually started before COVID. So, um, the communication has always been really just great and natural and flowing, so uh, and I haven't really had much of an opportunity to bring anybody new in because we're just kind of this solid team that's been together for so long. So again, I'm I'm a little bit spoiled on that in that regard. Yeah, I'll say, um, yeah, the, <laughs> the, the, yeah, you are blessed. That's that's nice. These ladies are just incredibly uh, diligent <laughs> in what they do. So
1: and last but not least, before we get into the what up wing, wing nut round, I wanted to ask you about gifting. At the end of your projects, are you are you giving client gifts to help, to help them to remember besides the beautiful space, or is that redundant or what are your thoughts on that?
2: I, I do love gifting and I love to do something <laughs> um, personalized and special. Um, you know, I, one thing I just, I, it's kind of a go-to uh, or like personalized monogrammed li- linen hand towels, something very oh, nice. special Something you know, tailored to the client, or maybe there's something that they've mentioned along the way um in the in the journey of of uh, something that's special to them. So just tailoring uh, that gift to whatever that special interest is that the client has, um or maybe it's a book uh, about. Their home about the process, um, if we have it photographed, you know, putting the photographs into a book yeah. for them, things like that. That's what
1: we did. We did the book. We did the project book. So before, the after, and the process, and that those the clients seem to love that as well. I love the the hand towels though, or the the personalized gifts that would f- actually fit in the space too as well. Katie, is there anything that I've forgotten to ask you on on this joyful experience topic before we get into the fire round?
2: Oh gosh, I I don't think so. I think. <laughs> I know I'll I'll probably think of something while I'm um, asleep tonight. I'll wake up and be like, (laughs) oh,
1: darn. We should have talked about this. Don't don't forget the paranormal podcast. We're going to talk about haunted furniture.
2: (laughs) It would would be the ghost whispering in my ear. (laughs) Don't forget to ask Darla.
1: (laughs) Katie McCaffrey. Now I have to ask you, are you ready for the What Up Wingnut round?
2: Yes, I am. What would the
1: hashtag on your
2: tombstone be? It would be take that chance. I think it's important for people to uh, take it, take a chance, take a risk. Um, I like how you say at the end of your podcast, you know, go, go out there, get uncomfortable and yeah. be great. And yeah. I think that taking a chance is kind of reflects that same thing. It's like just you might not believe in yourself or you might have some doubts, but take that chance. Try it. What what else could go wrong? You have a tremendous opportunity to Grow confidence and grow experience by jumping on whatever chance comes your way.
1: I love that, and thank you for acknowledging that. I that that tagline at the end, and that's exactly what I do daily. Yeah, um, it's so important. All, does, doesn't always work. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it doesn't always, but growth <laughs> happens like yeah. exponentially when you do put yourself in an uncomfortable position. I feel like the takeaway is huge, and the confidence yeah. it builds is amazing. Absolutely. It's the only way to grow.
1: Yeah. The only way really to grow is. is to get uncomfortable. And then before you know it, your new normal in that space is comfortable. Yes. <laughs> then you find something else. <laughs> and then you move on. And yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Then you get uncomfortable with something else, like paranormal podcasts. <laughs> all right. You're stuck on a deserted island, but you can have your favorite food forever. What is it?
2: Oh, that's so hard because I love all things edible. Um, <laughs> but I would have to say one of my new favorites is. Um, pineapple fried rice, like Thai pineapple fried rice. Oh, it's yummy. so yummy. It's kind of one of my favorite like Friday night takeout uh, indulgences. Uh, it's got a little bit of everything in it. It's got sweet and savory. It's got little bits of pineapple, <laughs> cashews, chicken, vegetables. It's got like almost all the the, the food groups in there. So I yeah. would say that would be something I would probably not get sick of if I was stuck on a deserted island and, and that's all I had to eat. I could I could kind of pick things out and change it up each day.
1: I love that you you picked something that was like survival aspect. I love that. I'm obsessed <laughs> with survival stuff. Uh, last but not least, please recommend a book that's impacted you either personally or professionally.
2: Uh oh, personally, um, I would have to say animals in translation by Temple Grandin. I love Temple Grandin. And if, um, your listeners are not familiar with her, uh, she's an incredible animal behavioralist, um, who has autism and mm-hmm. she has used her, her challenges of, of autism as her strength. And, her autism has helped her understand and really listen to the behaviors of animals and being a huge animal lover myself. I feel like that book um, explains so many interesting nuances about how animals think and behave and, and how I can be a better custodian to my furry friends and a better human being. I I think that book really kind of gives you um, pause and gets you out of your human self. And gets you thinking about animals. So there's so many things about who she is as an author and a person, and the messages that she delivers in understanding the the animals that we inhabit this planet with. So that that's the book that I think will always and forever stick with me as as one of my favorites.
1: As because in the green room we were talking, you have, you have a basic farm. Yes, <laughs>
2: yes, it's a mini farm, a little mini farm. That is farm, so awesome. Yeah, lots of critters over here.
1: Yeah. Well, you and I are both animal lovers. I love it. Katie McCaffrey, please tell the wingnuts where and go to find out more about you and we'll call it a day.
2: You can go to www.McCaffreyDesignGroup.com and on Instagram, you can find us at McCaffrey Design Group.
1: Yeah, guys, go check out uh, the Instagram over there at McCaffrey Design Group. I have it right in front of me and some really beautiful work. I love it. A nice feed. Really well done.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much.
1: All right, Katie McCaffrey, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you so much, Darla. It's been such a pleasure.
1: So we're in a high-maintenance business. <laughs> we, we're service professionals as interior designers, right? And there's a lot of hand-holding. And it's easy to forget or to assume that the client knows we're, we're doing it. They paid us $100,000. We're, we're working on it. They know we're working on it. But it's easy to assume that. But clients are people, and they sometimes have buyer's remorse or worry, did I make the right you know investment? And you'd be amazed. You'd be surprised at how far an email or a little phone call goes just to update them on that. You're still here. You haven't left the country. You're not in Mexico and you're working on their projects goes. And to make those experiences, uh, you know, to reassure them to make them joyful and to make it simple for them. And there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of pieces there, but a lot of research to say, here you go, simple, A, B, C, and to have your systems and process together. But once you do that and you walk them through, and it's so funny that Katie mentioned a Ferrari or a Yugo or, or <laughs> her her car things, are because my directors will say the same. If you want a Ferrari, we can give you Ferrari <laughs> or, you know. Uh, Anyway, I thought that was really kind of helps to put it in perspective. I'm sure the Dubai client got the Ferrari, right? And uh, I think that just keeping in mind that they're human beings and need that handholding and reassurance and made to feel special. And even with the gifting at the end, something very personal and very curated. It's those little things that we take for granted and we're not, we're not always doing because maybe we're overwhelmed or we're focusing on the design or the business side of the work, but that's, it's easy to forget those those touch points and those really important steps. So, Katie McCaffrey, thank you so much for coming on the show and reminding us how important those those are, and giving us your experience for twenty five years in the industry. For goodness' sakes, I'm I'm sure you got it down. So that is it for today's episode. Remember, guys, if you need help with marketing your interior design firm, your architect firm, and maybe you're a to the trade furniture. Uh, manufacturer for interior designers or in the home space, wingnutsocial.com. That's all we do. We specialize in marketing for interior designers and uh, that kind of thing there. And if you're maybe a beginning designer or maybe you have an in-house intern who's doing all your social media for you, but they don't have their master's degrees like my team does in marketing, or they don't have our proprietary methodology, check out Wingnut Academy, Instagram for interior designers. It's an incredibly robust course and we'll make them an expert if they take it and implement it. So head on over to wingnutsocial.com to find out all those goodies and make sure to tune in either next Monday or next Wednesday. We have episodes on both of those days to get industry experts, opinions and advice and tips and tricks and techniques on how to run your interior design firm in a profitable and happy, successful manner. All right, guys, that's it for today. Remember until next time to get out there, get uncomfortable and be great. You've reached the end of this episode of
2: Designed by Wingnut Social. But that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head over to wingnutsocial.com or call us at 786-206-4331 to see how we can help take your business from meh to amazing. We'll see you on the next episode of Designed by Wingnut Social, your digital marketing tightly fastened.
1: my pleasure and i'm go- i'm recovering from a cold and i have to cough hold on <laughs> <laughs> interior design project